sip of my holiday latte. Give me that microphone! Hello everyone, welcome to the Makeup Artist Chronicle. I'm your host, Julia. Happy holidays. Last episode here, I've started doing video episodes. I'm using a new software and doing video episodes on the YouTube channel. So if you want to see the video version of this episode, you can go to the YouTube channel. I'm wearing a little elf hat, like from the movie Elf. It's like green and yellow, but it's way too small for my head and it doesn't really <laughs> sit that well, but... Here we are. That's okay. It's the holiday episode. I wanted to wrap up this year with a lot of gratitude and to talk a little bit about the things I've learned and the things that I wish for all of us moving into the new year. So first and foremost, I just want to say huge, huge, huge thank you to everyone, to all of you who listens, who um, follows on social, who calls the hotline, who sends an email, sends in DMs. I cannot tell you the incredible conversations that I've had with so many of you. I mean, you know, if I've had them with you, then you know, but I've met so many incredible people, not just people who have been guests on the show, but just, you know, internet friends or, or, or tech friends, you know, people who I maybe would not have met otherwise, um, whether you live elsewhere in the world or what have you. And it's led to some really, really beautiful relationships that I am so, so grateful for. We have expanded the show, so it's not just me going on and on about certain topics or what have you, although I would love to continue doing that. So if you have topics you want me to talk about, let me know because I want to make sure that I'm giving you things that you care about. We're talking about things that you care about. Um, but lately I've been having a lot of guests on and we've been having very vulnerable conversations. They've been getting increasingly more and more vulnerable of who am I? What am I doing with my life? How am I contributing to the beauty space? And a lot of what we talk about is, you know, where did that inspiration come from? What did you have to overcome to be where you are? And as creatives, I mean, even people that are on the business side of a beauty brand or on the business side of freelancing or whatever, that creativity is what I think draws us to the space. And it doesn't have to be this like crazy makeup, colorful creativity. It could just be the creativity of chemistry, of skincare, of anything, really. It's such a beautiful space to be in. We are creative beings. And this past year for me specifically, I've I've gone through so many changes. I got engaged January 1st, New Year's Day. We got engaged at Sundance, one of my favorite places in the world. And then we came back home. We were still pretty much on lockdown. I was remote. I quit my day job, my like toxic workplace startup job that was not paying me enough for what I was contributing and was not treating me with the respect that what I was contributing deserved or me as a human being deserved. So I was like, bye, I'm out. And I left and I decided to work for myself full time to freelance as a makeup artist, as well as to continue building my podcasts. So it's been a very wild, very crazy journey. One thing that I want to talk about that I want to share with you 
if you're a creative, I mean, we, we all are creative people, whether or not we believe it or, or see it from the day to day. But one of the things that I really struggled with is growing up, I always wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to be involved in fashion. There were all of these very tangible, artistic, sensory elements that I wanted to do. And I come from an immigrant family. I came to the country when I was four years old from the former Soviet Union, Eastern Europe. And the I feel like this is the more people I talk to, the more resonance I hear from people of that, those cultures that, you know, it's an immigrant story. You come here as a kid or you're born here to immigrant parents and they want you to succeed. They want you to have a life that's better than what they had. And they've worked so hard and sacrificed so much and traversed so much fear and stress to give you the opportunity to have maybe stability that they never had or prosperity that they maybe didn't have access to in the construct of where whatever society they were a part of. And so I remember being little and, you know, being asked, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And saying, I want to be a writer and being told like, oh, you know, I, that's really competitive and I don't think you're going to be able to make a lot of money doing that. Like maybe not. And so kind of feeling discouraged there. And then I went to a school for the arts for junior high school. So sixth, seventh and eighth grade. I was a dancer and that was kind of where my love for fashion really came out with costumes and makeup and all of these things and theatrics And I was like, oh, I love this. I would love to be involved in costume design or fashion design. Up to that point, I had been reading a lot of magazines, fashion magazines. And when I had said I wanted to be a writer, yes, I wanted to write novels. But also I was like, I want to be a fashion editor or I want to be an editor in chief of my own magazine. And then I remember when it was time to go to high school and I was looking at different high schools. Okay, I really wanted to go to the one. I grew up in New York City. I wanted to go to the one that was for fashion design. And again, it was that same thing of like, well, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into a career that's highly competitive that you might not be able to make a livable wage in. And so I was like so discouraged, but I ended up going to a prep school that was a lot of wealth and a lot of competition and a lot of, you know, people wanting to be lawyers and doctors and that kind of stuff. And so I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I thought I was going to, that's what I was going to do. So I I went to high school. I I kind of was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Let me do everything I can to do that. College, I got a political science degree. I can't tell you anything about politics other than the electoral college is outdated and ridiculous and does not make sense anymore. And also, Teddy Roosevelt was a total badass. Like, I want to channel that kind of badass, renegade energy whenever I can. But I, you know, I I finished college and I was so burnt out. And I was like, I don't want to go to law school. Like, this isn't what I want to do. I'm not a logical person. I'm not a logistical person. I'm not a, you know, analytical person. Can I do those things? Yes. Is that where I find my joy? No, it's not. I want to be creative and expressive and tell stories. That's what I ended up getting to this whole journey because then I worked in tech for almost 10 years and then I got into makeup artistry about six years ago and I was doing it with my day job and then I, you know, moved to a new town where I didn't know anyone. I was working remote from home. I hadn't built up my client base or my friend base yet and so I started podcasting to feel a little less alone in the world and it's one of the 
best things I've ever done. I'm so grateful to have started doing that. And I remember recording my first episode in a closet and using like the voice memo app on my phone. And I'm still in the closet. I wasn't for a while, but we just bought a house a month ago. Exciting. Yay. And my fiance is building me a sound booth because bless him. He's incredible. But until then, I'm sitting in my closet recording this because sometimes you just got to keep it scrappy. So I don't know where I was going with this tangent. Anyway, I have been really doing a lot of work this year and realizing what I want to do, what I want to be a part of, what fills me, what fuels me, and doing a lot of shadow work. I started going to therapy again, which I hadn't been doing in years. And I started unpacking a lot of the parts of my life that I feel resentment towards or I have regret around or I maybe repressed some trauma or some grief. You know, I've lost very important people in my immediate family. Lost my dad when I was 18, lost my grandma a few weeks ago, a few years ago. And it's been really tough for me to address any of that. And so I started doing therapy and I started kind of cracking open these parts of myself that have been long hidden. And I started writing more. I started writing again and I started, you know, illustrating, doing fashion illustrations again. And I started making clothes again. Um, I made a little cute little satin pajama set that wasn't perfect, but it was my first project that I ever completed, that I ever had the courage to complete. I do this thing where I always self-sabotage. I always get in my head and I'm always like, okay, well, I need to have everything perfect before I can do the thing. Or I need to have all of the knowledge in the world about the thing before I do the thing. And I'm realizing that sometimes, and something that I talk to a lot of um, my guests about on this show, is that sometimes you just got to dive in. Head first, do the thing, be naive, figure it out. It's so much scarier that way, but at least then you're doing it. And in the beginning, it's going to suck because you're going to suck. Like I have yet to meet anyone that just nails it the first time around. Or the second time around, maybe beginner's luck. You, There is that growth period. But I'm finding, and something that keeps coming up in these conversations is, the more that you feel passionate about something, the more that outweighs any fear that you might feel about not being perfect or, not, or, or failing. At least that's definitely the case that I'm feeling and the case of so many people that have shared their stories on the Makeup Artist Chronicle. I wanted to hop on here and just share a little bit with you about what was going on and what's been helping me. Because I know not everyone necessarily has access to therapy. I wish it was more accessible and more affordable for everyone because it is a godsend. It's an incredible space where you can truly, truly talk to someone and not feel any fear of judgment and know that that person is there to help you. And be as vulnerable as possible without judgment, without fear of being seen as less than or anything like that, which is something that I had been fed. Again, I want to say maybe it's like an immigrant story or I don't know, maybe it's like a Russian story, but like don't show fear or or don't show weakness or don't cry, like be brave and keep your nose to the grindstone, keep working, keep your head down, keep going forward, all of these things. And it's like... Well, no, we need that vulnerability. We need to be able to be completely who we are. And me personally, I'm a little bit sensitive. So I need to have a safe space in order to explore that. 
And so therapy has been really helpful. The other thing that's been really helpful, I'm going to hold up a book so you'll see it if you watch the video episode, but it's called The Artist's Way. It's a workbook. It's by Julia Cameron. And it's a workbook to basically tap into, um, there's like some spirituality in there, some manifestation, some kind of Zen components, but it's not a huge part. And again, the spirituality piece is like, whether you believe in God, whether you believe in uh, the universe, whether you believe in uh, extraterrestrials, whatever, like greater power. So it's a 12-week journey. It's a workbook. And every single week, you kind of put yourself through the meat grinder, so to speak, or, or the meat grinder for the soul, I guess you could say. It's weird to say that, but I just am flipping to the chapters right now to kind of give you a bit of an idea. So in the first week, it's recovering a sense of safety. Second week, recovering a sense of identity, sense of power, integrity, possibility, abundance, connection, strength, compassion, self-protection, autonomy, and faith. I'm on week seven now. I just started week seventh, which is recovering a sense of strength. And every single thing that I've ever felt I was making excuses or the excuses that I was using to block myself from my creativity in a way to, I was self-sabotaging, but I was doing it to protect myself because I'd been told, okay, if you're create, like being creative is a great hobby, but you're not going to make money from it. You're not going to be productive. And in a society where we're consistently told like, girl boss, girl boss, be productive, like work 80 hour weeks. And then maybe you'll be seen as productive or of value in society. That's such crap. And so I had been feeding into that narrative and I still fall into that so frequently. But since I've been doing this workbook, I've really had to challenge a lot of the things that I believed in that were embedded in me through, you know, my family, through society. One is the this belief of scarcity versus abundance. So like we all maybe we believe that like there isn't enough to go around. There isn't enough space and we have to step on each other to get what we want or Maybe someone out there is doing something that we want to do and we're telling ourselves, well, that person's already doing it. So what could I possibly bring to the table? And so it's shifting that perception or that mentality from, oh, there's no space for me to, or not enough space for me to, there's space for all of us because we all bring a unique kind of fingerprint to the overall tapestry of the world. And it's so true. It also, um, you know, last week, the practice was challenging finances and challenging, you know, that mentality of scarcity versus abundance when it comes to finances and creating for the sake of creating versus creating for the sake of making money or doing something for the sake of making money. I'm not saying money isn't important. It is. But it, it you know, if you don't find that time to do something creative that fuels you. And again, that could be different for everyone. For some of you, maybe it's makeup. Maybe it's applying it on yourself. Maybe it's applying it on someone else. Maybe it's making candles. Maybe it's making skincare, like organic, um, like homemade skincare from just the things in your pantry. Whatever the case is, maybe it's painting, maybe it's writing, whatever the case is. This mentality of, you know, uh, oh, there are better things to be doing with my time because I'm not going to, this isn't going to make me money or this isn't going to result in something of value. But what you're giving yourself is so important. And so this book that I've, I've, this workbook that I've been doing, it really has challenged a lot of things that I believed to be true. 
And it's really been, it's been very uncomfortable because I've had to unlearn a lot of things and I've had to put myself out there. But when I tell you, I now am just bursting with ideas and I've been writing almost every single day and I've been creating every single day. And I still struggle with the whole perfectionist thing of like, I don't want to sit down and write because it's not ready yet. I don't have my outline or I don't have this or I don't have that. And what this book has really helped me along with therapy and also meditation is tapping into my present moment and then also tapping into who I am inside, specifically my inner child, that person, that young person that thought that the world was full of endless possibilities. That person that thought that I can be a writer, I can achieve my wildest dreams, I can be a fashion designer. Now at the age of 32, I'm doing all of the things that I always wanted to do. I enrolled in in filmmaking classes at my local college. I enrolled in screenwriting classes. Next term, starting in January, I am taking a uh, fashion, like a sewing class. So I'm doing all the things I want to do. And I realize, like when it comes to what do you want to be when you grow up, some paths have very clear directions, right? Law. Okay. You go to college, you go to law school, you pass the bar exam, and then you are a lawyer and you practice and you do the thing. Unless you're, you know, someone like Kim Kardashian who lives in the state of California and is reading for the bar, which is this arcane, outdated law. For the most part, most careers, you know, doctor, lawyer, accountant, a lot of those careers have very straight directional paths. People have done it. There's a a tried and true method. Whereas when you think of, okay, I want to be a writer. Okay. Do you want to write poems, short stories, fiction, nonfiction? Do you want to write for a newspaper, for a magazine, for what do you want to, do you want to write for your own blog? Great, you're a writer. And so the paths are a little more flexible and a little more uncertain, right? You don't have a guaranteed, I mean, nothing is truly guaranteed, especially if, you know, if we've learned that during this pandemic, nothing is guaranteed. Everything is fleeting and precious, but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard sometimes to wrap your head around something that may feel like there is no clear direction of how it works. But if that's where your passion is, then do the thing. And I realized I don't want to just be a writer. I don't want to just be a podcaster. I don't want to just be a makeup artist. I want to be a storyteller. And I want to create a space where people can share their stories with me as well. And in turn, we can share our stories with you you know, and so I do want to write and I do want to make movies and and TV shows. And the exciting thing is I am launching a podcast network next year and this show is going to be on it. The Peony. If you like the more vulnerable conversations that we've been having with our guests, I highly recommend you check out The Peony. We do very much the same thing. It's a little more humor, a little more fun and lightheartedness. And, um, but the, the conversations that we have with our guests are very vulnerable and our guests are everyone from Twitch streamers to digital artists, to writers, to actors, other podcasters. I co-host it with my friend Lex, who is an actor, a theater actor based in LA, and it's just a really great time. So those two shows are going to be on the network. There are a few other shows that are going to be on the network as well that are in pre-production. They're early stages, so I can't tell you too much about them yet, but all of it is going to have the same through line. It's all going to be vulnerable conversations with 
different people, different walks of life, different topics, different niches. And um, I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm just diving into the deep end and I'm figuring out as I go along. And it's so exciting to say, okay, I want to be a storyteller and I want to create a safe space for people to be able to openly and vulnerably share their stories. So let me do that. So it's very, very exciting. Um, and I'll keep you posted on on when that launches and all of the things there. But that's to say that, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't place labels on yourself and think that there's this one direction or this one dimension. We're complex beings. You are a complex being. And the things you love and the things that bring you joy and the things that fill you up can be so different and so wide reaching. And I think you owe it to yourself to explore that and to feel joy and to feel pleasure in what you do in your life. Every element of your life, whether it's the food that you eat, the content that you consume, you know, if you're scrolling through Instagram, I do this all the time. I'll scroll through Instagram. I'll look at all these beautiful women with these rich lives traveling all over the world. And I'm like, I hate myself afterwards. I'm like, that's not why, why is that not my life? And no hate on them. That's great that they're living that life, but that's not, it doesn't make me feel good about myself. So I've had to really curate my social media experience. I have had to really focus on what is bringing me joy versus what is not and really assess what things can I let go that are not bringing me joy. It's very much like Marie Kondo, your life, not only your closet, but just your whole life. Just what sparks joy? Lean into that. What doesn't? Okay, well, let's reassess. Can you let it go? Or is it something that you maybe need to bear to get closer to what brings you joy, right? Like, I have no idea about like marketing. I, not my vibe. Accounting? Absolutely not. But have I had to learn those things for the network that I'm launching? Yes. Am I good at them? Absolutely not. Oh, my stomach just growled really loud. I need a snack. Okay. I am not good at those things. Like I'm not. Numbers, I just, my eyes glaze over and I'm like, this is boring. I don't want to be here. So I've had to like be really patient with myself and, and understand like until we're at a place where we're making enough money where I can hire an accountant, so I'm going to do the books or, you know, someone to do the marketing or what have you. I got it. This is just like a part of the journey and I can't get lost in it. I can't let this be the whole journey because where my joy is, is the storytelling. So the artist way has been really helping me kind of break apart a lot of what I thought about what I wanted to be and who I wanted to be versus who I really want to be and commit to doing it every single day. What I'm realizing that is so very, very painful is I So I've been kind of going through a bit of a breakup, a really intense breakup. Like imagine you and the person that you've been with for a very, 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 very long time are in a room together and you realize that you don't want to be with this person anymore. And so you sit there in that room and you replay your whole life with that person. Do I want to continue being with you? What about you do I love? What about you do I hate? What resentments do I hold? What regrets do I have? How do I, can we move past this? Can we maybe make this work somehow? And at the end of the day, you know that you have to break up. You know that's the only thing that you can do. That's what I've been going through with myself. 
And it's been so painful. And I didn't realize that this was going to have to happen. I thought there's this older version of myself that up to this point in my life has protected me and kept me safe. And, you know, do I love her? Yes. Do I like her? Not always. Do I have a lot of resentment around certain things that she's done for me or certain attitudes that she's had? Absolutely, 100%. And I thought this whole time that I would evolve, that the version that I was would grow into the version that I want to be. And I never realized that in order to be the person that I want to be, the person that is the founder and leader of a successful podcast network, the person that has these vulnerable, beautiful conversations with people and shares them with you all, the person who writes and creates and and tells stories in all different formats, the person that feels joy, and the person that, even though she may feel fear, knows that if there's joy there, then that's a ride she wants to go on. That's a that's a step to take and that fear may be a part of it, but it's not all of it and she's not going to let that fear hold her back anymore. In order for me to be that person that I've always wanted to be and that I'm working so hard in therapy and with meditation and with the artist's way and all the other self-help books that I'm reading, in order to be the person that I want to be, in order to practice my art and and help other people, help other makeup artists, aspiring makeup artists get into the space, share their stories. I've I've been doing a little less makeup artistry recently and a lot more coaching and I've been loving it. Coaching, teaching. I'm kind of obsessed with it. I'm like, yes, this is what I want to be doing. It's what I why I love makeup artistry in the first place. Energize people to feel like their best selves and go out there and conquer the world. Doing what they want to do what brings them joy. And so I'm realizing that through all of this work that I'm doing, that the person that I want to be is only going to exist, is only going to come into reality if I break up with the person that I am. Evolution is not possible for me without kind of, there's a, there's a, let me grab my phone. Hold on. There's a quote I have on my phone, my film teacher, my, um, I just finished a screenwriting class where I was writing a script and my teacher finished the class by saying, by quoting Albert Einstein. And the quote was, I must be willing to give up what I am in order to become what I will be. And I thought I would morph into the version of myself that I wanted to be. But I'm realizing that in order to do that, I have to kind of break up is such like a loose word. I kind of, not to be dramatic, but I'm going to be dramatic. I think I need to like kill my, the version of myself that is not who I want to be anymore. Properly thank her, show gratitude, but then ultimately like bury her and like give a eulogy and give a like memorial service because I don't think that I can be who I want to be and create what I want to create and be my best self, not only for myself, but to continue to show up for all of the people that are part of the podcast network, for all of you listeners out there and people watching this episode and all of my guests and everyone that I come in contact with. I can't be the best version of myself for myself or for any of you if I'm stuck with the same ideas in my mind of fear 
of self-sabotage, of scarcity, of you're not good enough. How do you think you're going to do this? All of the things. And so I guess what I wanted to share with you in telling you my story and the work that I've done and, and the kind of revelations that I've had is not, not to, I mean, not to like break up with yourself or like kill a version of yourself. Obviously that's a really tough ask, but just, I hope that you'll know that everything you're afraid of and everything that you aren't sure of and every doubt you may have about yourself it's valid, but it's not true. Like it's valid that you feel that way because that's part of what it is to be a human being, but it's not true. That thing you're afraid of likely won't happen. That doubt that you have about yourself likely isn't true. We are our own worst bullies. We internalize all of these things that maybe our families or our communities or our society tells us. And we start to believe them and we start to develop this internal bully that tells us we're not good enough or we're not pretty enough or smart enough or creative enough or what we have isn't unique enough or brilliant enough to bring into the world. No, those are all lies. Those are all lies and they are lies that stem from fear that is the cycle. People are afraid to pers- to break free of what we know is reality and to pursue their joys. And that fear turns into wanting to protect the people they love. But then that fear is passed on to us. And so we begin to feel that fear and then we pass it on. And it's this cycle of us trying to protect ourselves and protect each other and protect the people we love but we're doing it from a place of fear. And whenever we do anything from a place of fear, we are setting ourselves up and the ones we love up to fail. And now I know I'm saying this. Trust me, I'm not coming from some holier than that place because I still struggle with this. Every single day of my life, I struggle with this, of feeling the fear of being uncertain of myself. But I know what I know now, having done this work and continuing to do this work to be the best version of myself that I possibly could be, I know that I can't go back to what was there, knowing what I know now, knowing that I do have ideas that I could put on the page. I do have people that I could help energize and coach and and help give them the confidence to follow their dreams. I can't go back to working in tech sitting behind some desk, analyzing code, being told that I need to pull 80-hour work weeks and not get paid enough for a family company culture, quote-unquote. I can't. I can't go back to that reality because it's like the Matrix. Like, that's not my reality anymore. My reality is that I'm a creative. I'm a storyteller. And more importantly, I want to create that safe space. I want to create that safe space where people can... They're not protected from fear or doubt, but we can explore it together. We can talk it out. We can be vulnerable. There's no judgment because odds are whatever it is you're going through or whatever it is doubts or fears that you have about yourself and your life, everyone else has felt it or is feeling it right now. There have been a few episodes where I had conversations with folks and I was like, we need to be talking about this more. The episode that comes to mind the most is obviously Brittany Lowe's episode. She's the founder of Bea and she was saying, you know, we don't 
talk as women specifically, like we don't talk about sex enough and transparently enough. We don't talk about uh, money and finances and how much is everyone getting paid. Like there's so many topics that we don't talk about that we should because they apply to all of us universally. We all live and and work and everything and survive by money. We're all sexual beings that have a need to express ourselves in that way. And we're all facing fear and doubt. That's also a very, very common theme that underscores our existence. It's, I mean, it's built into our DNA. It's built into our brains, right? Fight or flight, protect yourself, feel the fear, assess it. But we've gotten to a point, some of us, myself included, that that fear that compass is kind of broken. That compass needs to be recalibrated a little bit because the fear doesn't always point to a threat. Sometimes the fear points to change and change is hard and change is painful. So painful. But once you get through it, what is on the other side? You're not going to be able to go back. You're going to be, you're going to wake up. So anyway, that's all That's all to say that I hope that by coming here, by listening to these episodes, by interacting with the Makeup Artist Chronicle in any way, hopefully you've had a little more courage or a little more excitement to pursue in your life what it is that you want. Reflecting back on the year, the two years actually, that we've been through collectively as a society, and I don't know what your individual stories are, but it's been a tough time. We've had to really, really assess what we want in our in our lives, in our world. A lot of us have just had to survive and worry about surviving and feel the threat and, and face the threat of maybe I won't survive. You know, those of us that maybe got sick, those of us that have lost loved ones, it's been a tough, tough time. And a lot of us have had the opportunity to look at what we're doing with our lives and to say, I don't want to do that anymore. This is who I really want to be. And now we got to put in the work to do those things. I was talking to my friend Chanel, Chanel Barona. She's at The Wayfinder's Path on all of the socials. She's this incredible kind of spiritual guide, tarot reader, astrologer. And she was saying that the work that we've all been doing collectively, universally on ourselves to figure out what we want, who we are, what do we want to keep, what do we want to let go is going to come to a head. And next week on Christmas Eve, I think she said, we're going to be all faced with a reckoning, a reckoning of what does not serve me anymore. She said that conditions in the universe will be favorable for us to finally let go. So whatever you have in your life that's not serving you, that you're afraid to let go of, or you're afraid to cut ties with, maybe now in the next week or two, explore that and know that you might be okay cutting ties with that because it's going to open you up to what it is you really want, what it is you've always dreamed of having or doing. So it's going to be rough for like another week or two, but then we might all be in a better place. So I I just want to say thank you so much for spending your time with me. I know you can spend your time doing so many other things but the fact that you come here and that you listen to this and that you share your experiences and maybe get something out of this I'm so grateful to you it's been a 
heck of a year, heck of a two years. And as we go into 2022, I wanted to wish you, I hope all your dreams come true. I'm not talking about resolutions. I'm not talking about, you know, 2022 will be my year. Like, no, no. In the in the words of, you know, Great British Bake Off, we're not doing style. We're doing substance now. I wish for you in 2022 to realize what it is you want in your life and to have the courage and the audacity to take a step in that direction and to face your fear and to face your doubt and to say, you know what? No, I can do this. I am good enough. My voice, my vision, my contribution is needed in the world. And I'm going to stop holding myself back from sharing myself with the world. I hope that that is what 2022 brings you. And that is what you, that's the kind of energy that you're going to carry with you through the holidays. That's the kind of energy you're going to carry with you through 2022. Remember, the first step is always the hardest. But sometimes that's the only step you have to take is that first step. Take one step and then take a break. Assess where you're at. I guarantee you, you will feel relieved and you might even be like, you know what? That wasn't so bad. Or that was as bad as I imagined it would be, but I'm still here. I've still survived. And you know what? I can maybe take another step. So whatever it is that you want to do in your life, whatever thing you've been wondering, should I, shouldn't I, 